truth is, I have the problem. I'm addicted to cars. Well, duh. Ron and Anian. I'd go back and hook up what you're, what you're hooking up by a clamp-on amp meter. You got a clamp-on amp meter? No. Oh, oh. Mm. And, uh, uh, I don't think so, Tim. The car doctor. I put it up for sale, Okay. and I didn't tell her. And she goes to me, she's like, she thinks it's cute. Well, you know, listen, happy wife, happy life, brother. Hey, well, you know, we ended up buying her a Mercedes uh, three weeks ago. Very so happy wife, very happy life. You see all the problems the car doctor can solve? You have irritated the tool gods. You must now be smeared with the holy grease of disdain. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... Your age? 39. Your occupation? Comedian. I thought so. Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here at the helm. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. Come on, get up off the couch, pick up the phone, call me. I'll solve your car problem, I promise. But my 44, 44 years, yeah, it's, I'm getting older every day. Um, years of experience putting together, working for you and solving your car problem. That's what the car doctor does. 28 years here on radio, 855-560-9900. More information, cardoctorshow.com. And uh, we're just kind of trucking along to solve your car problem. Bunch of great stories. It was a busy week at the shop and uh, all sorts of things going on. But right now, let's kick the garage doors open because Tom's giving me the, hey, get go answer some calls. Um, we're going to, right out of the gate, let's go over and talk to Barb in with Wisconsin, 14 Ford Focus. Barbara, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Yes, hi. We have a 24, uh, 2014 Ford Focus that we purchased brand new. And from the get-go, it has uh, shuttered uh, as you go on on-off on, ramps. And um, we had it taken in the very first time. They told us it was normal. And then recently, over the years, a uh, couple of years ago or whatever, they said it was a recall. And so then we put it, took it in for replacement of the clutch uh, transmission. And they said they fixed it, but it still does not operate correctly. So I went and I filed a claim through the Ford Motor Company okay. uh, to see about getting a replacement because there is a, a lawsuit that um, was out there. And they told us that um, we did not qualify for the lawsuit and that they only offered us $400 for being a Ford Motor customer. And I asked for more detail as to why they did not, because I sent them all the service records and everything. And they said that they could not um, give legal advice or exactly state what the criteria was used. So then I contacted a lawyer um, out of Michigan, Stewart Law Firm, and they are. I sent all the paperwork to them, and I haven't heard back from them yet. They're, they said that we would be part of a lawsuit and that right now it's in the appeals court. So I'm, I, my question is, to you is I had until yesterday to respond to Ford Motor Company that we would accept the $400, but um, that law firm told me not to. So what what is your advice on this? Because obviously the car is still doing it, and um, it's part of this whole lawsuit thing. How long ago did you do all this, Barb? 
Um, just recently, um, probably last, last uh, week, the week before last, the week before um, the week August before 9th last. August ninth was 9th. the first time. August. Well, I actually, I filed the um, claim the end of July, and then Ford Motor Company had ten days to reach out to me, and they never did. And so then it went on to this Cap Motors, okay, which is something that they have, and right. so. It was are you aware of the customer satisfaction program release 19 and is in Nancy 08 that Ford released on August 14th? No. I, I mean they just released it 3 days ago. Uh, interestingly oh. enough, I'm interestingly enough on my birthday. Uh, if that's if that's a kick in the head, but um, they just released this customer satisfaction program. They've extended the warranty on the DPS6 Trans to 7 years of service or 100,000 miles from the warranty start date, whichever occurs first. Um, the vehicle doesn't apply. The program doesn't apply, does not apply to vehicles that qualify repairs under new vehicle powertrain limited warranty. This is a one-time repair program, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you should be getting a copy of that in the mail. They, oh, they, okay. they, I would think they just released it uh, this week, Wednesday, this past week. That's why I say, when did you do this? And it sounds like you just, you're just, you're ahead of the wave. And, yes. um, you know, matter of fact, I just read this in the paper somewhere, which is what made me aware of it. And I went and did some research on it and came up with the numbers. But evidently, this the warranty recall on the transmissions is growing. It's a uh, it's still be, it's still a problem. And it looks like it's going to get bigger before it gets smaller. And okay. my suspicion is part of what's holding it up. And I, I don't I don't have anything that I could prove this to you. But if you want my suspicion, I don't think they have the production capacity to fix everything at this moment. And okay. I, I just don't think the manufacturing capability is there because we're dealing with something that's more than five years old and all of a sudden we need, I don't know what the number is, if we, if we need a million widgets that we weren't counting on needing. In the age of just-in-time manufacturing, <laughs> that million widgets is going to take a while or whatever the number is, 500,000, et cetera. But you, you get my point. Um, right. So... If you go online and just Google search Ford, uh, the exact wording is Customer Satisfaction Program 19N08, and it talks okay. about certain 2014 through 2015 model year Fiesta and 20, up through 2014 through 2016 Ford focuses with the DPS6 Trans about clutch shutter and warranty extension. If they're extending the warranty... You know, this is the right hand's not sure what the left hand's doing because the left hand's too busy trying to write. So, uh, you know, you, you, you're right in everything you're saying, and they, sh right. they, they should fix it. I don't think they should right. give you another car. They should fix the trans, you know, make it so that it works like it's supposed to. Uh, if, if, if for some bizarre reason they can't fix the trans, well, then that's, that's sort of a different conversation. But, you know, this, this particular unit has been a problem from the get-go. And I just think they've got to take care of it, and they will. I just think it takes a longer time than we're, you know, we're used to. Um, yeah, because we're still paying on the car. I mean, we have sure. about a, yeah. you know, less than a year left. Yep. But, but um, for some reason, they're trying to tell me that we don't qualify for the replacement vehicle or anything, and all they wanted to do was give us four hundred dollars. Well, and ask him and ask him, ask him, <laughs> ask him what the parameters are. Okay. You know, ask them what are the parameters for the replacement vehicle, and then you'll you'll understand that. But then, 
you know, if someone were to drive the car, now, and I'm not picking on you, Barb. I'm just trying to look at this from the outside right. looking in. If I got in that car and drove it, if I was doing an oil change on that car at the shop, I would I would drive it. I would make three rights. We always do three rights at the shop. Smith, the Bonner, to Zazetti, and back to the shop. And, you know, when I look at my guys and I go three rights, they know what I'm talking about. If, if, if I took that three right expedition, would I feel a problem with the way this trans shifted, or would you have to point it out to me? Uh, you would feel it right away. Okay, then it's broke. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's you know if 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 it's that obvious, then you know they've got to fix it. Have you taken it back to them and said, hey, it's broke, or they just tell uh, you we've it's, taken it back? Like we've been in the shop about four times. Right. Yeah. And and what have they said to you each time? Um, that they fixed it. The last time that my husband took it in, they had it overnight, gave us a loaner, and they said they fixed it, but it's still doing the same thing. And what is it? And what exactly does it do? So, like, when you're going on the on and off ramps, it you can't even get enough gas. It shudders. And then, like, when you're at the stop sign, it shudders. Okay. Have you, just for giggles, considered a different Ford dealer? Um, no, I haven't. Why? I guess there isn't too many around in my area. Okay. Um, oh, valid point. I'm just, listen, I'm, you know, sometimes you have to be a Dutch uncle when you talk about okay. car repairs. You know, you got to sit there and say, well, you know, is it, have we tried this? Have we tried that? Listen, the bottom line is the trans is a problem. And, you know, I've got to believe they'll fix it. I can't believe okay. that when it's this far into the limelight. You know, you're kind of living in a town with bad water. You ever live in a town when the when the water supply goes bad? I have. I, I haven't, but I hope not. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have, and everybody got excited and nervous, and I said, you know what, it's okay, because it's sort of to be expected things go wrong. At least they know the water's bad, they're going to fix it. I, okay. I, I don't see how Ford could not fix this, because right. it has now reached the level of customer satisfaction program. I, I, you know, I don't want to use the recall word. I don't see recall anywhere yet on this. Okay. But what they're, you know, this is a game of dollars, all right? They're working not to recall this because if they recall it, um, it's, it's, it costs them more money. And, oh, you know, okay. there's a there's there's a tightrope act here. Well, it's all about dollars. You know, sometimes it's not about and that's this is all the car companies, not just Ford. You know, it's a game of here. Do you ever think about the Takata airbag recall? We were talking about this this week right. in the shop. You, you're familiar with the Takata airbag recall. Yes, I am. So how many millions of cars are being recalled by Takata? because oh, of the airbag oh. recall, right? Millions and right. millions and millions. They say that it's going to take, I, I thought I read somewhere, it's going to take till the year 2024 for the recall. So that's another five years to go before, oh. before all the cars are replaced, you know, the airbags are replaced. How many cars in the next five years are going to reach the end of their useful life and not have to have the recall done? Right. How many cars are going to get in accidents? How many cars are going to be, you know, and the point becomes it's a, it's a game of dollars that, you know, yeah, we want to make the customers happy, but how long can we kind of drag our heels until we don't have to fix it? And, you know, if we save 100,000 units off the end, it kind of falls off the end somewhere because they get rid of the car. Uh, you know, the way the way they think in business today is very different than, you know, somebody walks into the shop, I know who they are, I know what they want, I want to know who they are, and I want to know what they want, I want to make them happy. It's... It's it's very different at you know the level of higher manufacturing. And I think that's across the board 
on all car companies, all manufacturing today. So um, give them some time. Read read okay. that read that warranty extension. Understand that I don't believe it's a recall yet, and if it gets to that, okay. it's going to cost them even more. So it's to their advantage to fix this faster. But whether they have the manufacturing capability to do that, I don't know. So, okay. but, but we're and watching. Should it. we go ahead and pursue with this law firm? Or? Yeah, I would. Listen, if it's okay. not, if it's, I'm no lawyer. But like, mm-hmm. you know what? If 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 I was your brother-in-law, and we were sitting down having a, a cup of coffee at the table and talking about it. I'd go, look, it's not going to cost you anything. Uh, you know, right. if it, I'd be I'd be a little afraid of taking the four hundred dollars because the four hundred dollars gets them off the hook and they don't have to fix it. Okay, that's ridiculous. Because right, exactly, it's, it's, and that's it, why I did not respond. Right, at all. It, it's probably four thousand dollars to put the trans put, put a trans in the average car today, because of the complexity. Oh. So you know they're buying you off cheap. Um, I, you know you lost four hundred bucks, big deal. Right now you're you've lost the car that you can't operate because the trans don't work right. Right, you know, right. You can't ride four hundred dollars to work to feed your family. So, and it's uh, what was that website again that I should be going to? NHTSA.gov. NHTSA.gov, and you can plug in the VIN, and it should give you some updates as far as recall. And, um, you know, you may even see the warranty extension there as well. So do that, and um, we'll just watch the news, but we're on it. We're looking for it, and uh, if we get anything else updated, we'll report it here. So please keep your radio tuned. Barb, I appreciate you and everyone in Wisconsin tuning into The Car Doctor. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, and I'll be back right after this. Whether it's a little red Corvette or a Yugo, you've come to the right place to get that car fixed. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Susan in Connecticut, you're next up. How can I help you in your 01 Dodge Dakota? Well, I hope you can help me. I hope so. Let's see. I, Go ahead. Uh, what do people do when they decide to discontinue parts and then... Um, Unfortunately, um, I brought my truck in to, you know, for service and, um, just by, I bought two headlights and I said, I, and I never had time to put them in. So I just gave them to my mechanic and said, and, uh, can you just throw these in for me? And, um, and it just so happened about a week before my door, automatic door locks, um, one of them already didn't work, but then another one stopped working. Well, when I got the truck back, he said that um, they both were traced back. He couldn't fix them because they both um, was traced back to what the timer the, the timer module. Yeah, a timing alarm module is from Chrysler itself, right. but everybody's right. calling it a BCM or all these other different names. Right. So pl- I went to the dealership. And that's when I found out the part is discontinued. Okay. And I was so angry because I planned to keep this truck for as long as keep this truck. And um, they well, never notified me. Like, if I was notified, I would have bought, I would buy the parts, you know, just to have them on hand. Well, for when my- so your que- your question to me is, what do you, what, what, what's the question they ask when everybody says the part's no longer available? It's simple. Everybody, the, the next question somebody's going to ask you is, what color? And you're going to yeah. go red, and you're going to go buy a red vehicle. Or, you know, it's listen. I, I get, I, I get your emotion. All right, I, I've run into this, and it seems like Chrysler in the last thirty days is 
is is is reaching the top of the pile of the worst for for obsolescence on parts. How would you feel if you were the owner? I have a customer with an 08 Jeep Grand Cherokee SRT8. An SRT8 Jeep is sort of like the hot rod of Jeeps. It's it's been compared to the Corvette of Jeeps. All right, like it's a real special limited production vehicle. He needs he needs backing plates for his front brakes. The dust shields are rusting away. And they're rubbing the rotors, and you know you're driving your beautiful STR8 down the street, and you're whoosh, 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 whoosh. It, it's real cute and attractive over the rumble of the exhaust pipes. Parts are obsolete. We we we, we had a customer uh, yesterday with an 03 Chrysler. I forget I forget exactly what we needed, um, but it wasn't a uh, oh it was a well it was a real old vehicle. It was a 93 Jeep with a brake proportioning valve which is kind of a critical part, right? I mean, I get it. It's 25 years old. Parts obsolete. We had another customer with an 03 Dodge that needed a main power uh, main powertrain control computer. Parts obsolete. Uh, you know, oh Chrysler is, you know, whether it's the bankruptcy issues that Chrysler has had over the years and the poor management, but it seems like Chrysler is shedding parts warehousing. And I get it. You know what? It's probably easier just to get rid of the part and hopefully drive somebody into purchase of a new vehicle. Uh, their conversation to you would be, Susan, the, the the truck is a 2001. It's 18 years old. And your answer is going to be, yeah, but I like my truck. It's mechanically sound and it, it, it keeps running. So let's yeah. address the problem. Do you have the part number? Yes. Okay. So one of two things can happen. You're going to take that part number. You're going to go to a website called partsvoice.com all right and you're going to pl- you're going to be able to plug that part number in at partsvoice.com and it will search dealerships all across the country to see if anybody's reporting that they have that part on the shelf that's the first step and then you can make arrangements with that dealership to purchase it the second step is going to be that you're going to talk to the Chrysler dealer and ask them to look for that particular part in Chrysler has an obsolete parts depot it's there. It takes a little bit of work. They may not necessarily want to do it, but they can perhaps find it there. Last, if that's a module, a BCM, there are places that have used modules that perhaps can be adapted to your vehicle, and that you'll have to research online. Try that and call me back. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We'll return right after this. got to tell you I'm like the luckiest guy in the world I really believe this you know you I, I get to do I get to fix on cars during the week and then I get to fix cars on radio here on the weekend with you guys and you know I think of Uncle Steve sometimes longtime listeners you know Uncle Steve was the p51 my my great uncle the p51 pilot who passed in the last year and a half and um, you know he always said life imitates art and he says when you when you've achieved that that you're actually you know you're the art that's that's people are imitating. He said, "You've arrived." You know, he Uncle Steve had a lot of wisdom, right? You know, but then again, you don't get shot down over over Germany and walk back to Paris without getting some kind of wisdom. You know, doing it in the dark, you sort of figure life out real quick, right? Mikey, did you enjoy your lunch today? Good sandwich, right? Very good. Okay, so I, I want to tell you that I was at the deli, and that's sort of where this story begins. 
I was at the deli today, and the, the line was long, and I, I got online, and I was between two guys, and the guy in the front of me is talking to the guy behind me somehow, and um, I'm not sure how it happened. I came in, and the guy behind me came in, and I guess they knew each other. That's what it was, and this guy started talking to that guy, and the guy in front of me fixes appliances for a living. Um, uh, Warren was his name from uh, Ridgewood Appliance right here in North Jersey, and um, he's talking to this fellow, Bruce, behind me, and they're having conversation about cars and appliances and parts and and Bruce said to Warren you know uh, you know about fixing a dishwasher or something and um, something about you know well you know w- w- do you think you can fix that dishwasher and, and what's the biggest problem with it and Warren alluded to the fact that parts are a problem you know, parts are a problem with dishwashers parts are a pl- problem with all appliances and uh, Warren goes to Bruce, he says, and you know, you know what new parts are, right? And Bruce looks at him and he goes, huh? And he says, yeah, you know what new means? And right away my ears picked up because I'm thinking, wait a minute, this guy's stealing my line. And I didn't say anything. And I just kind of chuckled because I said, nah, it's got to be a coincidence. There's no way that this is, you know, Bruce says, yeah, what does new mean? And then without even thinking, I kind of photobombed the conversation. And I went, new, never, ever worked. And the guy Warren in front of me looked at me and he went, yeah. And there was that pregnant pause of, you know, wait a minute. How did he know what new meant, right? Like you could see Warren's wheels were turning. So we kept moving up the line and the conversation continued. And um, Bruce left. He got his sandwich. Somehow he got his. Yeah, how did he get his faster than us? That was kind of weird. I just thought of that. And Bruce left and Warren and I were sitting there chatting and, um, We're talking about parts, and, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I have a repair shop, and I understand what it is fixing things. I said, it's got to be really hard fixing appliances because, you know, you think about it, right? Fixing appliances, a a dishwasher is $1,000, and, you know, the part is $400 repaired. So you're going to spend four, you know, uh, know, you're going to spend, you know, 40% of the value of the, you know, against the thousand, whereas the car is $40,000 and it needs $500 repair, the percentage of replacement cost is much less, right? So I said, it's got to be easier to sell auto repair than car repair. And we were talking about it. And he said, yeah, you're right. And, you know, he, he, but you could see the wheels in his head, like, and, you know, I don't talk like this. You know, if you ever call the shop and I answer the phone, You'll never, you'll never know it's me. I just automatically hide my voice. I'm out in public. I automatically hide my voice because I just get nervous. I don't want to, you know. So <laughs> life imitates art, right? So we're talking. We're rolling along, and out of the blue, Warren goes, yeah, he said, you know, he says, parts are a real problem. He said, um, you've heard that guy with the podcast here, the appliance doctor. And I'm going, there's an appliance doctor? I'm thinking, gee, I don't think I've heard of this guy. And uh, he says, oh, did I say appliance? He says, I mean, and I corrected him. I said, you mean the car doctor? And he went, yeah, the car doctor. And you could see it's really starting to like he's like we're going to have a moment here in a moment. You know, it's one of those deals, right? And uh, I said, yeah, that guy, Ron Ananian. He says, yeah. And, you know, it's sort of like, you know, it's like one of those scenes in the movies where the guy's like, how did you know that? You know, it's like he hasn't caught on. He hasn't quite. The elevator hasn't hit the top floor yet. And now I got him. You know, I love it when this happens. It cracks me up every time. So a couple of more exchanges and I just stuck out my hand and I said, Ron and Annie, nice to meet you. And I 
thank God he was up against the case because I thought he was going to fall over. Um, and he wasn't holding a sandwich. It was just, you know, and we were talking and, you know, he says, oh, my God, you know, and I said, listen, I said, you know, it's, um, you know, I explained to him how it's not just a podcast, it's a radio show. And, you know, there's, there, we're here in New York on AM, uh, where we, AM 1500, Sunday mornings at 8, and WTBQ in Warwick, Sunday mornings at 8, you know, a couple of different places. And, um, but it was just, you know, it was just one of those moments. And he says, he says, I, I'm, I'm, you know, he didn't really have a lot to say. It was just, it was just kind of neat. Just a regular guy, a car guy. Yeah, talking about cars. And um, it's nice to know that the appliance business, not that it's nice to know for them, but, you know, you're not alone. You can't get parts for anything. So I guess, you know, the, the, the day is coming where we're going to get rid of appliances. We're going to get rid of cars. And we're all going to sit around twiddling our thumbs talking about, hey, we used to fix stuff. Not anymore. Um, but, yeah, it was really funny, you know. No, never, ever worked. I thought Uncle Steve. You know, and uh, thanks, Uncle Steve. I appreciate it. Um, just, just, just really good stuff. So let's pull over and take a pause. And when we come back, we'll go right to Tony in Ogdensburg, New York. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We'll return right after this. Welcome back. Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. Let's go over and talk to Tony in Ogdensburg, New York. Anthony, how are you this fine day? What can I do for you? Good, my friend. Okay, I called you a few months ago on my wipers coming on automatically. Yeah, this is the 62 Caddy, right? Yeah, yeah. and you suggested to unplug it behind the mirror, which we did. Okay. They still came on. Okay. Another friend of mine suggested uh, the signal switch, change it, put another one in, which we did. They still come on. Okay. There was one thing left, and my mechanic says, look, let's change the motor which we did. They still came on. Okay. And this is a 6262 Cadillac, correct? Right. All right. Well, you've eliminated components provided you've got good used parts or good new parts whichever you purchased. So, we're now down to a wiring that we're now down to a wiring diagram. Uh, there's okay. there's there's nothing else there, brother. You know? Huh. Um the only other thing you could do is you could go to the motor and you could tap into and I'm you know I'm trying to remember wire colors I think there's a brown a blue and a white uh, if I remember colors correctly but I would sort out which is power which is ground which is signal and maybe wire in some side marker bulbs if you want it to go to this depth and you know what lights up and what doesn't at the wrong time whenever the problem happens because it's intermittent correct right right so at least if we did the bulb trick, we could say, well, this, this light's on, this light's off. You know, the bulb trick works two ways. The bulb trick works that if the wire is always supposed to be hot and the circuit gets grounded to turn the component on, that, you know, we can watch the bulb, and as long as the bulb is lit, and then if the bulb goes dim when the motor turns on, or if the bulb goes dim and the component doesn't turn on, that tells us things. But my point is we can use the bulbs, uh, the bulb method, if we want to go to this level and pin down which circuit, which portion of the harness is causing the problem. But I've got to say, if you've changed all the components and they're, you know, new old stock or good used components, or, or as I learned today, the new word is field tested, not used. And, uh, you know, you're, you're down to a wiring harness. There's nothing else left. There's no modules. There's nothing else special about this particular vehicle. Boy, it's so frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> nobody ever said it. Well, was we'll easy. try. We'll try what you suggested. Well, but you know, to put a harness in this car, 
you know, this could be the forward half harness. Now, uh-huh. now the only other thing I would think about is, look at where the wiring harness comes through the firewall. I'm trying to remember in 62, and I believe it was, because I think, I think junction boxes at the firewall for GM started like 56 or 57. So perhaps there is contamination inside the firewall junction box creating a short circuit or a path to ground for the trigger wire that would affect and turn the wiper motor on. So perhaps we want to pull apart connectors, whether it just be at the firewall or elsewhere in the harness, and make sure they're good and clean and nothing's oxidized and dirty, allowing a cross circuit or a short circuit. Make sense? Okay, yeah. I don't know much. You know, I leave it up to my guy. He's very, very good. I mean, no matter what I bring in to him, he's able to solve it. And he's a little puzzled at this one. (laughs) Well, think think of it like this. You know, you walk into your house and you turn on the lights by the light switch. Mm-hmm. You ever have one where the light doesn't turn on and it's not the bulb? Right. And yeah, it's a, it's a yeah. bad connection in the wiring in the house? Or okay. or the light, you ever have a light turn on by itself because there's a problem in the wiring such that something's feeding where it's not supposed to and it, it'll, it'll actually turn the light on? That's a short circuit. Okay. Or, right. or a cross circuit, and perhaps you have that with this too. You know, just changing a wiring harness isn't that easy. Yeah. You know, well, um, I appreciate everything you said, Ron. So, I appreciate it very much, and I enjoy your show very much. You're very welcome, sir. Like I said, so, most important is make sure you get a wiring diagram that matches that vehicle and then have him follow it and troubleshoot it from there, and I think he'll be just fine. Barry in Virginia, 97 Mercury Villager. How can I help you, sir? Yes, uh, my sister has this car in Nashville, Tennessee, and anyways, when she's in stop-and-go heavy freeway traffic, after about a half an hour or so, suddenly uh, the brakes start becoming very sensitive, and then the accelerator requires more pressure in order to accelerate. It's as if something is dragging on the car or the engine, and this continues up to maybe 45 minutes until she gets home, and she doesn't smell any uh, hot brake smell or anything like that or doesn't get any kind of warning lights. Uh, the car has 118,000 miles on it, but yeah, she's had it, uh, she's yeah. had it uh, you know, serviced. Uh, properly uh, over the years and everything, but she's mystified. We're mystified as to why. Well, it, it, it's, it sounds like the first place I'd go is, you know, I, I know the brakes don't smell, but if you're creeping along in traffic or if you're going slower, perhaps you're not going to get as, you know, as much abuse on the brake pad or the brake shoe as, you, as you're thinking. I'd be curious to know, does brake does the brake rotor temperature go up? Are the brakes truly dragging? I mean, then we can have a conversation about that brakes dragging for a variety of reasons if is is this something that's reproducible at a, at a repair shop has she left it with anybody and told them to drive it home and well uh, the people would have to drive it probably for about a half an hour or so in stop and go type traffic okay. under normal conditions just driving home or something 15 or 20 minutes on typical neighborhood roads it isn't a problem it's okay. more when she's got the stop and go freeway traffic right because she's she's probably got her foot on the brake she's applying the brake more frequently i presume so yeah so you know, the easy answer is for the price of admission, an hour of diagnosis. Let's call it a hundred bucks, whether it's one hundred and twenty or eighty or whatever it is in Tennessee, uh, for the price of admission for a hundred dollar bill. Uh, 
Just give them, give the, give the mechanic an infrared thermometer. Throw them out in traffic. Let's see what it does. You know, every diagnosis begins with the first step. And if after a half hour he feels the sensation, if he's recorded brake temperature ten minutes into the ride, and if he stopped and recorded brake temperature every ten minutes, if all of a sudden there's a dramatic increase in brake temperature. Uh, you know, now we know, okay, brake temperature's going up because something's locking up. Let's go back to the shop and put it up in the air. Do the wheels spin? You know, sometimes, you know, brake, brake components are very sensitive in the sense that up in the air, even when you're not having a problem, sometimes you'll find a wheel that doesn't exactly spin as free as the rest, and you'll be on to something. You'll, you'll possibly find the problem before it becomes a bigger one. But I would, I would tend to start there. Um, I might even tell you to just have the mechanic put it up in the air and spin all four wheels, do all four wheels, spin easy. Same amount of, you know, to spin the wheel. And does everything go one and a half or two turns? Is everything equal? If something isn't, then we've got to break that's dragging. But by all means, I wouldn't be afraid to tell somebody, hey, i got to go for a ride. i got to duplicate the problem. I'll measure temperature, and then at least I know where I stand, and I can come back to you with better information. Have them do that this week and call me next week. I'm curious about what this might become, and uh, I appreciate the call, Barry. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. Run and the car doctor. I'm on a highway. I'm not sure where I'm going though, but uh, I'm there. So, I'll, you know, listen. I want to comment on that last call. You know, and uh, Barry, I think it was. And um, if anybody's uh, remembers the call, was listening. Not every diagnosis involves plugging something in—a scan tool, a voltmeter. Sometimes it's common sense. I'm not saying common sense isn't being dis- displayed here, but you know, there's a hesitancy. To approach a problem, how does it work? All right? And, and that's how you have to approach it. Danny, my, my tech, um, his van broke down this week. He was out at the local hot dog place in the town where he lives, and he went out to start it, and it didn't start. It just went click. So, you know, we, we had to sit down and write a how does this work. So I printed out the wiring diagram for him before he left yesterday, and I gave him a copy of it so he can troubleshoot it over the weekend. So there's three fuses, a main starter relay, a BCM and a PCM. There's two computers involved in a starter circuit and an ignition switch, right, and a battery. Four grounds. Uh, You know, this is something that years ago things were, it was a hot feed off the ignition switch that got transferred there that fed out the purple wire on a GM product went down to the starter solenoid and bang. Now it's, and I probably confused the poor kid because I got all my magic markers out and <laughs> lead pencils, and I, I go, you got to test this first, circles and arrows and pictures and 27 8 by 10 colored glossy pictures, and, uh, you know, he was just, his head was spinning, and, um, uh, you know, I go, step one, two, three, four, there's seven steps in figuring out and understanding how a starter works on the late model GM product. How hard could this be? Diagnose. I'm Ron Anady, the car doctor. Until the next time, the mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See ya. See ya.